0: Welcome to A Gut Feeling. I'm your host, Jacqueline Renee, holistic health coach with a very extreme passion for gut health. I've made it my mission to help you get to the bottom, pun definitely intended, of all your digestive distress. My intention is to be completely transparent about what it truly takes to get your gut back on track. Hey guys, welcome to episode three, which is all about toxic triggers. I hope the name didn't scare you away from listening to this podcast, because today we're going to break down all things inflammation. Inflammation is a huge like buzzword right now. Everything kind of comes back to that. It was over more than 2,000 years ago that Hippocrates, the Greek physician and father of medicine, said all disease begins in the gut, right? So here we are 2,000 years later, finally focusing on the gut as our root cause. But what sparks poor gut health and how does that connect to inflammation is really what we're going to talk about today. So, you know, I always talk about our pillars, our obvious pillars uh, that contribute to poor gut health and inflammation, our stress, our lifestyle, like nutrition, sleep, exercise, and the environmental toxins, what's in the earth, what's, you know, what's around us, what's in our food. And all of that tracks back to how inflammation begins. But before I kind of go down that road, I want to take you into into exploring inflammation so you can understand what it really is. So by definition, inflammation is the part of the complex biological response of body tissues to harmful stimuli, such as pathogens, damaged cells, or irritants, and is a protective response involving immune cells, blood vessels, and molecular mediators. So to break that down a little bit more, it's basically an immune response that your body has to trauma. So we have two different types of inflammation. We have acute inflammation and we have chronic inflammation. So have you ever, you know, fallen off your bike or I'm talking like we're 10 years old here, but <laughs> um, have you ever like scratched yourself on a nail or, you know, bumped into something, you get a cut, right? And that cut then it could bleed and then it starts to get red and it covers up and it starts to heal and then it make it itchy and then it eventually creates a scab. That is a acute inflammatory response that the body has, the immune system has to protecting you because now your skin is open. So the immune system kicks in like, you know, Superman to save the day. And it's like, I'm going to create these tissues and all this stuff to get this Inflammation down and then it heals and then it goes on. And that is what we call a non specific immune response. Boom. It's hurt, it goes through a process, and then it's healed. But what I want to dig into more is chronic inflammation. This is a specific immune response. Okay. So this is like w- what we would consider long term inflammation. And when I talk about inflammation creating disease in the body, this is what I'm referring to. This is more of a response where the immune system doesn't shut off or specifically doesn't know how to shut off. And it signifies a loss of tolerance in the body. So unlike a cut, let's say you're exposed to something that causes inflammation in the body repeatedly. So for an example, I have a gluten allergy and for 22 years of my life, I was exposed to gluten. So I was chronically um, exposed to inflammation because my body was having a triggering response to gluten and I never stopped it because I didn't know. So my immune system never shut off. So what it eventually did was create an autoimmune disease around it known as celiac so that it could try and protect me because that's what it thinks it needs to do. But instead of protecting me, it was actually causing more disease. And so years and years and years ago, our bodies didn 't really do this because we weren 't exposed to things on a chronic level like this. you know maybe you know it was a little bit you get bit by something or you get a scratch or whatever it is, but we didn 't have these pillars of of stress and environmental toxins and things that we kind of have to fight against now. you know It was a different time, so our body developed this over time this this response this long term inflammatory response. To help protect us, but it's hurting us. So when we have this chronic inflammation over time, this is what leads to disease. When we are discussing things like autoimmune, diabetes, Alzheimer's, dementia, um, cancer, any kind of long um, sorry disease that comes from a long term exposure to inflammation, it's also highly responsible for gut issues, right? Because our immune system and the, our digestive system are really completely connected. So if we're exposed to this long-term inflammation, eventually it's going to wear and tear on the gut because a lot of times the toxicity that we're experiencing that's triggering our inflammation is going in through our mouth into our digestive system. And so it can start to create gut issues that you guys are probably experiencing if you're listening to this podcast, things like food sensitivities, like why does this food always make me bloated or what is this response I'm getting from this? It's an inflammatory response from that specific food because of the inflammation you have going on in your body then things like bloating gas constipation diarrhea come in and even body inflammation so this is how you also know if inflammation is in your body joint pain or tight hands or tired legs or maybe it's like really hard to get out of bed you're like really um, your joints cook a lot or you're really creaky or it's just like ooze and ahs to get out of bed this is a sign of inflammation in the body and obviously If you're a lot older, you know, say in your 70s or 80s, this is a normal response to being older. But if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, maybe even 60s, this shouldn't necessarily be happening on a daily basis. And we can do a lot with our pillars, reducing stress and improving lifestyle and reducing environmental toxins to reduce inflammation. So one of the things that sets off inflammation is that the immune system gets triggered, right? So, you know, we're normal, we're human, and we get triggered by things. So what triggers you? you know, standing in line and, you know, somebody taking forever in front of you, somebody chewing really loud. Well, if that triggers you, then I'll probably trigger you because I'm all, you know, just like I say all the time, we have to chew more. Um, So I'm always like a cow chewing my food because I'm trying to digest it better 25 times per bite. Right, guys? Um, And that was your homework. So you should have remembered that. (laughs) Um, And so if you're triggered by something, right? So that sets off a, a, a response in your brain like oh I'm annoyed and so I'm getting triggered and it's causing stress or anxiety in my body so just like you can do that your immune system does that too it gets triggered by something and instead of it being like another person or a um, you know someone in standing in line or somebody else that can trigger you it's food or toxins or stress that trigger it and it sets off that response in the body So we have to be very specific about reducing these triggers in your body to reduce the inflammation. But for everybody, triggers can be different. So what I really want to do today, because we have, you know, so many types of triggers these days in our modern lifestyle, what could actually be is I want to break down the specific pillar of lifestyle, which breaks it down into nutrition and um, exercise, sleep, those kinds of things. And specifically, I want to break it down into my top three toxic triggers that I always work on with every single one of my clients to help reduce that are very inflammatory for the body that trigger the gut that trigger the immune system and they are caffeine sugar and alcohol and so I'm probably just lost some listeners (laughs) by saying that and maybe even some friends I'm sorry guys I hate to be the bearer of bad news don't shoot the messenger but it's very true these 3 i'm going to call them non food specific items are are they set off a specific response in the body and they they almost immediately can cause inflammation. Now if you're already inflamed, if you already have autoimmune or you have digestive issues or hormone imbalance and you have these you've even you've pushed yourself even farther, you've created an even bigger inflammatory response. And again, remember the longer you stay in chronic inflammation, the more you create disease in the body. So we're going to work on taking out each toxic trigger or cutting back and I'm gonna help you guys kind of realize what you need to do for that. So specifically for caffeine. Caffeine, when we have it, for let me just be very clear. One person's food can be another person's poison. And I I say it all the time because for some people, caffeine doesn't affect them. And for some people it does. So you have to be aware and in tune with your body like I teach you guys all the time. Does caffeine affect you? And also does caffeine not affect you to the point that you've been having it so much that it literally does nothing for you because that's also affecting you. Little switcheroo on you. So caffeine spikes our blood sugar level and then it it causes sort of like a spike in our body and we know that you know, unlimited uh, spikes in our blood sugar level will eventually lead to di- things like diabetes. Also, over-consuming caffeine can stress out your cortisol level and your adrenal, so it can I- provide an imbalance of hormones. So for all of my clients, when they're trying to reduce caffeine, most of them are drinking coffee. I have them switch over to green tea because it's a plant antioxidant and antioxidants, which I will explain a little bit later, help reduce inflammation too. Sugar. It's a huge for me. It's huge for my clients. It's, it's a very big trigger. We don't realize how much it is affecting us. It causes the exact same dopamine response as cocaine. Okay. Literally, the same part of the brain ignites and this dopamine response sets in. We get super excited. I mean, I used to get so excited when I was little. I know my dopamine response was kicking in when that count chocula hit my table at 8 a.m. before school or 7 a.m. or whatever time they made us get up. Just, I would die for it. And then I would just want to drink all that milk because it was so chocolatey and delicious. And then I would go to school and I would want to be asleep by nine or 10 o'clock that crash was coming in. Just the similar to drugs where that crash comes in later and what do you do? You want more, right? You become addicted and sugar is a highly addictive drug in my opinion um, across the board, a very legal addictive drug. So, so, or so legal, excuse me, so legal that it's at every single checkout of every single place you go to, even at sometimes at healthy places, there are sweet treats that you see on the way out. You know, even if I go to a vegan restaurant, cookies or vegan cookies or cupcakes, we're still getting exposed to sugar on so many levels, even though we're trying to be healthy. So a client will say to me, I eat really healthy. I eat really healthy. And then we start to look into their diet healthy all the time, except for sugar every day sneaks in. It affects our gut. It affects our immune system. It affects inflammation so much. So whenever I try to help someone quit sugar, then I'm trying to help them push in things that are natural, honey, maple syrup, dates, fruit, Guys, remember fruit? Yep. It's definitely on our list of things to do as we swap our sugar intake. And I'm going to be talking more about fruit a little bit later too. And then alcohol, which it's not really a food. It is in our life. It it is something we do for fun. And I'm not telling you, you can't enjoy your life. I do want you to ask yourself this though. A lot of times around alcohol, we need it to be social, But there are plenty of people all around the world being social without alcohol. And I think that we just use it as a society to make us to relax us and to allow us to be more open and more free. But it's very it can, can be very vulnerable to be this open and free without the help of alcohol. And so when my clients are quitting, we usually go through a 30 day, you know, alcohol cleanse or 30 days without alcohol or dry month or dry January. We just went through. Um, we're asking ourselves this question. What is it that's triggering me to feel like I need it? What, what am I avoiding if I feel like I, ha- I can't go to a social situation to be around it? And I know there's a lot of peer pressure and it's, it's hard to, you know, get out there and do it without, or, you know, you might have a little social anxiety around it, but I promise you, you can do it. The first weekend is the toughest. And, um, you know, next week I'm having on one of my good friends, MB Menino for, um, a breath work podcast. And she does this thing called kombucha happy, happy hour, which is really fun. So she does like kombucha club soda, maybe some berries in a, in a wine glass. And that's a fun way to kind of you know, have something to drink, but to be able to quit alcohol too, and you're feeding your good bac- good bacteria at the same time. So I know you guys can do it. I know I hit you hard with some serious things to take out. So I'm going to give you a little gift. I'm going to tell you guys what to Put in now. That's very important. Number one biggest thing to put in to reduce inflammation is fiber. And guess where you get fiber from? Fruits and vegetables. The best thing about it is it lowers inflammation, but these also feed our microbiome, which is a cent- central location. Um, the central location of our microbiome is in our gut. And for real, guys, we need about 50 grams of fiber a day. I Done, I've done a ton of research, I've read a ton of books, I've listened to a ton of seminars, and across the board, we really need 50 grams a day. But the average American is only getting about 20% of that. So we really need to push it up. And so it, to be very clear, I'm not talking about taking Metamucil or, um, you know, any of those, the fake fibers, but there are ways you can supplement if it's hard for you to get your fruits and vegetables in. One of the best ways is with this, um, you know, I I talk a lot about thorn supplements. I just, I love their, um, I love everything about their supplements. They're clean, gluten-free, dairy-free, good um, packaging, good growing techniques, all the things that are amazing about it. And they have a supplement called Fiberment. The reason why I like it is because it's not just dietary fiber, but it has other things in it that help to repair the gut lining and um, help create mucus lining so that your your gut can heal itself, and also providing about seven grams of dietary fiber to supplement along with eating more of a plant-based lifestyle. To be very clear, when I say eating a plant-based lifestyle, I'm not talking about specifically being vegan or not eating meat, because most of you guys know that I eat all meat, um, and I you know, if you are choosing to be vegan, that's not a problem. If you're choosing to eat meat, that's not a problem. The problem is, is that we need to eat an 80% plant-based lifestyle of fruits and veggies and, and nuts and seeds and all this other good stuff and not just focus on meat or carbs as well. So trying to get those fruits and vegetables in your day is extremely important. The other part that's really important is understanding what the cause of inflammation is. So inflammation in the body is caused by what we know is oxidative stress. Okay, you've probably heard this word around and put simply the oxidative stress occurs when there's an imbalance. You have too many free radicals in the body and not enough antioxidants. So we are talking about plant enzymes. We're talking about fruits and veggies. We're talking about adding fiber. Well, all of this will up your antioxidant game as well. You can add in plant antioxidants to lower the free radicals, reduce the oxidative stress. Again, stressing the importance of going in with a plant based lifestyle. Now, if we are going to include these fruits and vegetables, then there's a really important part of that aspect and always very specific in any JRW protocol, and that is to follow organic. The reason why organic is so important is because our soil has changed so much. In the 90s, there was a huge kind of revolution with pesticides from a company known as Monsanto. So they set out to help farmers initially um and they created a product called Roundup. I'm sure you guys have heard of Roundup mostly because, you know, if you have some weeds in your backyard or you do some gardening, you use Roundup to deter pests or keep away insects or keep your crops growing really well if the weather conditions aren't so great. But the problem is is that they, they didn't do their homework, right? I always give you guys homework. I hope you do your homework. Big Pharma, Monsanto, didn't do their homework when they were trying to push this um, pesticide on our crops. So they started to sell it to farmers, promising them of, of, you know, bountiful crops and no bugs and it'll help you sell more, more, more because we love in America more, 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 right? And what happened is over time, when people started consuming these products, we started to notice a trend that inflammation was increased. There was a huge increase in autistic children, ADD, autoimmune disease, cancer. And so really when scientists and environmentalists and, um, different, uh, doctors and, uh, nutritionists started to figure this out, to do this research, they were, they were tracing it back to, um, exposure to pesticides. And to this roundup, they were finding trace amounts of it in the blood or in the gut or wherever it it came up. And they were noticing that it was from consumption of a non-organic diet. This, I just get really revved up when I learn about this because we really it wasn't under our control. And now we're suffering from a lot of disease and and inflammation, but it wasn't something that we specifically chose. And the hardest part about it is that farmers are kind of stuck in a bad situation because Monsanto owns so much of farmland. So it's really like the smaller local farmers that are breaking away from this and being able to use their own practices for a farm to, basically be certified organic, USDA organic, if you will. They have to follow these specific practices for three years and it can cost them up to 30 grand, maybe more now, if my statistics are wrong, please correct me up to 30 grand a year to get this certification. Well, small local farmers, it's really hard for them to afford it and it's, and it's hard for them to sustain. So they just do their own practices and then promote with, non GMO, local, all of those things. So do your research, know your farmer and, you know, get local. I love going to farmers markets and you can save money by going to farmers markets. Even now, all the Costco, all these big name brands, they they carry organic. I know it's a big switch. I know it can be more expensive. But if you look at the perspective of what you're really spending, what's important to you, if your health is really important to you, Then I say, you know, adjust your spending, think about going out less or maybe cutting back on, you know, the trendy sweater of the month and putting that investment into your health and choosing organic, making that switch because it is a huge part of a trigger for the immune system and inflammation in the body and definitely changing over to organic if that's even the first thing that you do will make a huge difference on your health. So we're to the portion of my podcast where you break out that journal because it's homework time. And so I want you guys to do this for your homework. I know it's overwhelming making changes. I, it took me years and years and years, over 15 years, to get to where I am today. For your homework today, I want you to, to ask yourself, which toxic trigger affects me the most? And how can I reduce it? Okay, focus on one. And then do I need to up my fiber? How can I up my fiber? Maybe I get that supplement. Maybe I start adding more fruits and vegetables in little by little. And then can I incorporate some greens or maybe instead of my snack in the afternoon, that sweets, I have some fruit. I love I love an apple and almond butter. It's like one of my favorite sweet treats has become like a really good sweet treat to me. So, just do it little by little, and I know you guys can do it. I have faith in you, and you can start to create less inflammation in your life. As always, all the links I talked about will be in the show links the gut health bundle and the fiber mend. You can always find me on Instagram. I love when you guys shoot me DMs. If you listen to my podcast, share it with me, tag me, um, follow me and send me a message. I love hearing from you guys. And then, of course, you can always go to my website at JacquelineReneWellness.com. It's always a pleasure sharing such good information with you guys. And I hope you have an excellent day. And please share this podcast, if you will, on iTunes and to anyone you think will help. Have a great day. Happy healing. Find out how to connect with nature as a powerful source that supports health and well being. I'm Dina Salisi, and on my podcast, Your Healing Garden, I go on location to talk with artists authors, healers, teachers, and much more to explore how nature supports us in creating healthy, vibrant lives. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, or wherever you get your podcasts.